This is your host, Nick Riley, and you're listening to the One Day Advice Podcast. Together, we're going to take a ride inside the world of personal finance. I'm going to give you a fully transparent, behind-the-scenes look into the financial services industry, helping you to optimize your financial life along the way. Today, I have the privilege of speaking with Kelsey Knutson, and she is the host of the When I Grow Up podcast, a podcast all about the lessons we would tell our younger selves, plus the stories of everyday people and their extraordinary lives. She's also a small business owner turned business consultant. Uh, so I'd like to have Kelsey introduce herself in her own words. Welcome, Kelsey, to the podcast. Hey, Nick. It's so nice to be on your show. And just personally, because we both are WSU alumni, which is such a cool... <laughs> connection to have, but I'm so happy to be here and hopefully provide some wisdom to your audience. As you mentioned, I have an interesting background. I studied entrepreneurship in college, went on to do some consulting, took a sharp turn and went to beauty school and ended up building up my clientele, opening my own hair salon and have now transitioned back into the consulting world. So I really use my experience and education combined to help small business owners with their business. And finance is definitely a part of that. So I'm excited to kind of bridge those worlds together and have a good conversation today. Definitely. So what kind of kicked off your whole entrepreneurial journey? What was the key motivator behind that? Well, to pick it as a major was process of elimination because (laughs) I was like, I liked the idea of knowing a lot about kind of, or a little bit about a lot. So knowing the ins and outs of a business, knowing a little bit about finance, but off, you know, offloading that to someone who's more equipped for that world. Same with marketing. I liked that it was just kind of the big picture person. I've always been a leader. I was cheer captain, editor of the paper. I've just always gravitated to those roles. So when I found that that was a major, it was like a no duh moment uh, that I ended up in entrepreneurship. But honestly, after graduating, I was scared to jump in full time. And so I did consulting through the university. And though I loved pieces of my job, I felt kind of imposter syndrome. How am I supposed to consult these business owners when I myself haven't had my own business? So I think fear, honestly, is what motivated me to go the hair route and also a love for creativity. And I saw that as a great way to grow into an entrepreneurial role in an industry that already existed. I was not reinventing the wheel. I was not coming up with a new innovative product. I was just creating, you know, a version of a hair salon that was my version. And that's probably why, honestly, if I'm honest with myself, that's why (laughs) I went that route. But I'm thankful because it taught me so much and it's made me a much better consultant because I really understand what it's like to start from nothing. And I would say, as far as when that jumping off point was, it was when I took a look at my numbers. I had already done some Dave Ramsey stuff. I was paying off debt and I saw the writing on the wall, which was if I wanted to make more income, the way to do that was to go off on my own. So I always kind of knew I would go that direction, but that was the tipping point for me. Yeah. What were some of the the early, because you talk about imposter syndrome <laughs> and you know, we all have that to some degree and mm-hmm. you can learn about how to start a business in, in college, you know, through entrepreneurship uh, studies and reading books, but you can't really learn things until you've actually tried it. And what was what maybe if you can share one of the early lessons that you learned that was kind of an aha moment or, uh, oh, my goodness, what am I doing <laughs> uh, early in your stage of, of being a business owner? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say I tend to be somebody who looks at the big picture. I come up with ideas 
And then sometimes it gets stuck in the minutia before taking action. And so for me, when I opened my business, it, it my first month of business was in January. And I, the the real feeling was, why didn't I do this sooner? Like I knew in my heart of hearts. And as you're doing it, you realize very quickly that you figure it out as you go. And so yeah. for me, I knew how to do hair. I knew how to serve my clients well. I, you know, in time would figure out the right booking system. Even if you start with one, you can change to another. Nothing is set in stone in business. And I think that was kind of maybe something I wish I had known prior to jumping in was that you won't have everything figured out. It won't be the perfect time. You'll make Mm -hmm. mistakes. Yeah. But the thing is you'll learn as you go and you're going to learn way quicker than trying to YouTube the heck out of it. And then just because somebody says it works for them may not be the right fit for your business. So I just think experience is really crucial and at a certain point, if you want to start a business, you just have to jump in and do it. Yeah. No, that's great. And and one thing I really admire about you in running your own business is your ability to outsource too and and hire a team and you understand your superpowers and you really you know, eliminate the distractions around that. So maybe you can tell some of the listeners about you know how you how you develop that superpower? Have you always just been good at delegation and you know forming the right team? Or was that something that you've had to work towards? Oh my gosh, Nick. No. I, <laughs> like I mentioned in high school, I, I was the editor of the school newspaper and I was the cheer captain at the same time. And I had to out, there just was not enough hours in the day. So you learn quickly you know, how to do things efficiently. And at that point in my life, that was just out of necessity at a young age. And so I really brought that into every job that I've had, and especially being an entrepreneur. And sometimes you forget to look in the mirror, like, you know, you're not being your most efficient self, or you know, you're putting in some late hours because you're distracted, you're not running things efficiently, or you're afraid to ask for help. So I'm definitely not perfect. I definitely it's a constant effort to figure Mm -hmm. that out. But I would say it started at a young age, just being involved in a lot of activities where I literally just didn't have the time to do it all myself. So realizing quickly, if I can't do it all myself and it needs to get done, what are some ways to kind of either shortcut, be more efficient with my time or ask for help if that's the right solution? Yeah, no, that's great. And as far as the types of businesses that you tend to help, do you do you have a a niche or a niche uh, in the business realm of, of the types of, of businesses you work with or uh, or maybe different stages of businesses like early stage versus more mature stage. Tell the listeners a little bit more about that. Yeah. I Well, first of all, I'm totally team niche, not niche. I don't know what's right <laughs> or wrong, but I just always say niche. <laughs> but um, I would say I the obvious answer would seem Kelsey was a hair salon owner, owner, therefore she works with hairstylists. And I, though I have in the past, I really love to work with solopreneurs who are at a breaking point. And so I would identify that as my niche. I've worked with service people. I've worked with people who create product and sell it. Overall, it's someone who's wearing all of the hats and exactly what we're talking about. They need to figure out how to run more efficiently. Their business is growing there's only so many hours a day. And when they're wearing all those hats, they're actually not able to take on more clients or more orders because they're doing all the pieces of their business and they physically can't handle more. So those are the Mm -hmm. people I love to work with. I do have resources for people wanting to start off, which that's where books, podcasts, and all that stuff is a great place to start. But as far as people that are my clientele, it's the people who are stuck, whether they are wanting to grow out of necessity, they need to be more efficient or outsource some things, or maybe they already have a successful business 
you know, maybe it could be someone like you and you want to start, say you didn't have a podcast, but you wanted to, you're a financial Mm -hmm. advisor and you want to add a podcast or you want to add a course or something else. So a multi-passionate entrepreneur is somebody who just needs to create some systems so they can run their business more efficiently. Those are the people I love working with. Awesome. And my follow-up question to that was (laughs) what what problems you help your business owners solve? You touched on a lot of that yeah. already, uh, but what are some of the the bigger problems that you see on a consistent basis across the business owners that you work with? Absolutely. You know, it's been an interesting journey. So I, because I did business consulting before entering the hair world, I have this weird kind of mix of experience where I understand the tech world. I worked for the university but I knew a lot of the um, angel investors in the area because the program I was a part of connected with that world. So I knew LinkedIn. I knew all these different tech things that exist to help your your business run more efficiently. Well, my ideal client, the people I work with, they're the salon in downtown. They are the photographer shooting weddings. They have no clue that these things exist. And something I learned quickly is that may not be the solution for them. So a lot of the times what I see is they need to, a very common thing I hear is, I just need a social media manager. I need someone who can post for me. I need a virtual assistant. And what happens is they run out and hire that person. And then they're not happy because no longer are they just running their business. Now they're a manager of a person. Mm -hmm. So you also still have to be the visionary. You have to be the one, you know, giving that person direction. If you hire those people, those are not people who are taking it on fully and fully um, owning that role, they are doers. They are You are still planning. They are just executing. So that's yeah. a big common theme I see is business owners, they're overwhelmed. They know that, but they don't necessarily know the right way to uh, make the changes that they're needing for their business. Yeah. Cool. And as far as the... So you left a nine to five. You you knew the nine to five was not something that you wanted. And I think through the pandemic that we've experienced, we've seen more people start side hustles, start businesses on the side, uh, and especially those that have been let go and been forced to uh, create something on their own. What advice do you have to people who are still currently in that nine to five uh, type work structure? Uh, Yes, it's it's stable. It provides income, but for those who are wanting perhaps more to explore uh, being a business owner, what advice do you have for them getting started uh, and eliminating, or not eliminating the overwhelm, but reducing the amount of overwhelm and imposter syndrome that they might experience? Okay, two things. One, if someone has not started yet, they have the idea of a side hustle, but it, they haven't pressed play yet. I would say do it just the bare minimum you can do, whether it's a service or product, just to sell it and see if A, people respond to it and buy it, and B, if you enjoy that process, I would say that is a great thing to do when you still have the stability of a nine to five. And it's going to tell you a lot. If you find yourself working those late hours, if you find yourself daydreaming about it at your nine to five, that's that's going to be really telling. Or it may be something where it just doesn't quite resonate with people and you find yourself kind of avoiding it or dreading it, then that also tells you something. So first I would say just do it. Yeah. Even if you just make, you know, 10 widgets or you offer one consulting call or whatever it is, just do it and try it on first size. Don't build the website. Don't come up with a business name. Just start and have it be messy and learn from that. Now, the side hustler who's already doing the side hustle thing, they're juggling both. Really take a hard look at your numbers. Really 
come up with an end goal. If you're if you're already side hustling, you have the nine to five, you have the hustle, and you know eventually you want to transition out. You need to set an end point because otherwise you'll keep kicking the ball down the field. I know you know, Nick. (laughs) And so I think it's super crucial to identify what that stop point is going to be, whether it's a dollar amount or a drop dead date, whatever it is. And then a cool thing really happens. I call it jumping before the net's there and it, it will kind of build itself on the way down by identifying that dollar amount or that date. You figure it out. And that is a huge amount of motivation for you to sell and make this thing work. And you're going to learn more in that process by having a really comfortable transition because then you're not growing your business out of necessity. And I think a lot of magic happens when you have to make it work. Yeah. I I think it's, there's a term for uh, the, you know, attaching a time to your, your, uh, you know, kind of a deadline and giving yourself a certain amount. I think it's Parkinson's law. Don't quote me on that. Uh, but it's, you know, if you give yourself 30 minutes to finish a task versus give yourself four hours to finish a task, you're going to use up the whole time frame. Uh, so yes. I love what you said around setting a deadline. And I know from personal experience that the golden handcuffs are a real thing, like leaving that stability from that nine to five, uh, no matter how much you're getting paid, just getting that that steady paycheck coming in. It's easy to set a, a date of like, oh, I anticipate leaving my job in you know first of March. But then, you know. You know, February comes around. It's like, well, you know, I could I could milk milk some more income from my my current job for a couple more months longer. Get me to the summer, and then I can kind of enjoy the summer. So, no matter the time of the year, I feel like people off, oftentimes talk themselves out of it. Uh, so, I love that advice. Just go out and do it. Build that minimum viable product. Don't worry about perfection necessarily. And I think actually people appreciate the authenticity too. Uh, there's yes. a lot of uh, content out there, but people want to understand the the people behind that content too. They want to be able to relate. Uh, you know, find ways to relate to your audience. Love that. Yeah, and when it comes to eventually marketing this hustle, if you were to build up the website, the social media, the whole branding package before it existed, odds are what you come up with later on is once it's alive and existing is going to be different. And so the beautiful thing about just starting messy and having those first early adapters is you're going to learn, interview those people, ask, you know, what problem did your product or service fall or solve for them and then use their language in your marketing. So it's it's just going to be way more efficient by doing it that way versus building the perfect, most pristine ship and then taking it out to sale. Exactly. And and one of the you know, many reasons I was excited to have you on this podcast too uh, was, you know, I, I work with a lot of high income earning individuals, uh, especially in the tech space. And, you know, they allocate their resources towards, you know, traditional investments, maybe, you know, cryptocurrencies, uh, real estate's another big one. And the other oftentimes overlooked uh, method of building wealth is through equity, not just in the stock market, but equity in your own business. And I think you know the backbone of America is built on small businesses. Those small businesses become you know medium-sized businesses and become large businesses that we we uh, you recognize the big names today in. And so I love like investing in yourself and your business. Uh, and the best way to do that, like you said, is just to get started. And you'll know, make sure that that there's a demand for it. So start with that first consultation, start with that first product, uh, start marketing your course, whatever that might be, uh, build out your first, you know, weave out your first basket and sell the basket on Etsy and see if there's a demand for that. Uh, if there is, 
I mean, invest in yourself, believe in yourself and, and take the necessary steps to educate yourself on how to run a business. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's where obviously you can help, uh, you know, people build their business towards, uh, what, what things right now are you working on inside your business or uh, what offers do you have for, for listeners that are, uh, especially the listeners that are considering starting a business or already have a side hustle, what types of services could they leverage from you at this point in time? Yeah. Well, I'm going to throw out just a free nugget here because we're recording in the end of 2021. And I personally love this time of year. I posted today about when I was in my salon. This is notoriously the busiest time of year. And what happens when you are a solopreneur, small business is you're very good at doing the thing, right? You're good at cutting the hair. You're good at taking the photos. You're good at advising your clients, but you also need to step into the CEO role of your business and help be the visionary, help plan the big picture. Otherwise, it will never happen. So if you're wanting to scale to that next level, if you're wanting to outsource, grow, second location, those things won't happen if you are not the one steering the ship. So that means you get to take a step back from the doing and also plan that out. So that's what I'm I'm up to right now. Yeah. That being said, that's a lot of what I help coach people through, whether they are you know small to mid-sized businesses just kind of getting started or my VIP clients who have been in, in business for a number of years and are, and are ready for that next level of growth. The truth is, Nick, I have options for anyone in, in those stages, right? Yeah. As if you were wearing all of the hats, maybe you have a small team and you have a small business, I can help you. It's just a matter of fit. I'm a very, I would say like open person. I'm very casual. I, I'm wearing sweatpants right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I bring that energy and that approach into my work with my clients. I love helping people who I can relate to and are comfortable around me. That's really important to me. So that's just kind of the back end that explaining that piece of my business. But as far as specific offers go, for me, something that's been really transformative is to know and understand when it's time to make a pivot. And that could be someone who's wanting to start a business or maybe you have a business and it you're experiencing burnout. You want to make some shifts, but you don't quite know what that means. Whatever that like feeling of uncertainty is, whatever is motivating you to want to make some changes, that's the type of person that I would love to give this offer to. It's it's just a free workshop. You can do it at your own yeah. time. It's video, which is really special. So you can actually take like a little course from me, see what I'm like as a coach. And you can get that at KelseyMarieKnutson.com slash pivot dash workshop. And we'll have all the information in the notes too, I'm sure. Definitely. Yeah. I'll include those in the show notes. I uh, have a couple last questions uh, to <laughs> yeah. uh, this is a financial podcast so obviously want to would love to understand you know how have you taken the approach to managing your own finances uh, being a business owner uh, you know you know commingling funds with your your you know your, your own personal assets uh, investing in yourself versus investing allocating to other resources uh, maybe a, a little overview of how you've managed your own finances might be helpful for people uh, looking to maybe take that next step. Great question and a very important one. One, I have a business degree and none of that really prepared me for running a small business because what we were taught in finance is very, very different than what the realities of having a small business are. So I'm a big fan of keeping it super simple, being aware of how much money is coming in the door, being aware of how much is going out. And being honest with yourself if the things you're investing in, the cost of your business, are actually helping your business grow. And I'm also a big fan of avoiding debt. I think that's really important. So when I'm making financial decisions for myself or my business, I always have that lens through it. 
I think the biggest aha, the biggest piece of advice I can give to a business owner is don't ignore it. So many, almost all of my clients that I've worked with just got to a point where they were afraid to look at their finances. Tax day would come and they would have a panic attack. And so to do, to negate that or get over that hump, A is the awareness of the reality of each month to month what's happening and B is preparation. So setting aside just a savings account that you titled taxes, that's a percentage of revenue that every month you're dropping money in. And guess what? If you put too much and tax day comes and you have a bonus, maybe you give yourself a bonus. Maybe you invest in yourself. Having those things kind of set up is key. And literally, this is an Excel spreadsheet that I teach my clients to use. It's that simple. It doesn't have to be overcomplicated. Also, hire an expert if you don't know what you're doing or if you're unsure. For me and my personal um, investments and all that stuff, I just have someone doing it for me. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. And uh, as far as so, I know within you know starting a business, uh, I've read the book "You Profit First." There's a lot of methodologies too of of making sure that you're paying yourself first and in taking the business, but. Early, the, I think one of the big mistakes people make in in starting a business, they start to look at it at like look at their expenses as a business expense, and they just start throwing money around because it's there. It's a write off, and yep. uh, you, you'll that you might be uh, reducing your ability to p- perhaps get business loans down the road if if you're you know not making any money in your business, and you're like, well, those a lot of those are maybe personal expenses. Well, you make sure you're expensing the proper things in your business. Uh, if you are looking for potential funding or, or loans down the road, uh, but yeah, don't get in the mindset of just overspending on your business early on, focus on things that will generate revenue and a profit. Absolutely. Easy way to do that. Have a business checking and a personal and keeping them super separate. So if you're unsure, ask a financial expert, a CPA, you know, does this fall under business or personal and have that printed out somewhere where it's really easy for you to know when it's time to charge different cards, which ones you're charging. And then that way you're not having to tabulate it at the end of each month. It's already the accounting is done for you in that sense. And also you were saying profit first cost. Yes. If you're spending money in your business and you're not paying yourself, that money is coming from somewhere. So you are robbing from your own salary Mm -hmm. if you were instead of using that money for your business. And there's times where maybe investing in a coach, um, you have a big expense that you normally wouldn't have in your business. Those times may come up, but really ask yourself that question. How much are you actually paying yourself? And if the cost is high, if that percentage is high each month, you are robbing it from somewhere. Odds are it's your personal pocketbook. Yeah. I love that. Uh, (laughs) Nicely put too. And so to wrap things up, I have a personal question that I like to ask my guests. Uh, If you had one day to do whatever you wanted to, I know there's more to life than just money and running your own business. But if you had the option of of just doing whatever you wanted to, and you had infinite amount of money to do it, what would you do? I would take my family to Japan. You- One of the, I, I'm a big fan of mindset and goal setting. Every morning I write down 10 things in past tense as if I've achieved them. And one of them is I take my family on vacation. So I would take them to Japan. We have extended family there. I've never been. Yeah, no brainer. Awesome. Yeah, I've always wanted to go to Japan. So I know I've never and I have like, what am I doing? I have family there. There's no reason yeah. not to. But I'm actually like relearning Japanese every night. That's one of my nighttime things. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. I love that. I, I think journaling is definitely something I need to get better at. I t- I typically tend to do like a 10 to 15 day streak and then I 
I forget about it. And then I, I go back and, and start it all over. But yeah, being trying to be consistent doing that is really good and setting personal goals. I love that is travel and family seems to be at the focal point of what you uh, strive for. Uh, and that's why you probably you know operate the business that you do in order to provide that lifestyle that you want. So Kelsey, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, once again, for you listeners, we'll include all of the links in the show notes uh, so you can you know, work with Kelsey in the future. Of course, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to any of us. But yeah, until next time, look forward to catching you on the next episode. Thank you, Nick. Hi, I'm Nick Riley, the founder of One Day Advice. If you like what you've heard, we'd greatly appreciate your help in spreading the word. After all, we are financial educators, not marketers. Thanks for listening and remember to leave us a review. Nick Riley is the founder of One Day Advice, an independent fiduciary and fee-only registered investment advisor. Nick serves as a wealth advisor and educator to his clients. All opinions expressed by Nick and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of One Day Advice. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment or financial decisions.